Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast with Melanie Dawn, Jen Anderson, and Tanya Ryan. So today we thought that it might be kind of a cool idea to talk about different ways we could market spiritual-based businesses, um, kind of getting away from, and I don't know how you feel about this, Mel, but there are certain like marketing strategies that really make me like bristle. Like they kind of like just rub me the wrong way. They feel really icky, sometimes like manipulative, um, or they have too much of that. Like we've talked about in the past, like that hustle mindset, like where you just got to kind of constantly be on top of things or be on top of people. All of that makes me feel ick. And, and and if I feel ick, it doesn't even matter if it's like, I'm not saying it's ick for the person doing it. I just, yeah. for me, it just doesn't work. So I've had to do some different things. Uh, and I feel like I'm still learning this. Like this is still a learning curve for me, but I'll still share some of the things I've picked up along the way that don't feel icky. Um, because I think that ickiness is just basically saying like, that's not the way. I'm meant to market things. Right. So I think what we were going to share today was just some, some ways that we deal with things that might be even more spiritually centered, like our approach might be more spiritually centered, but then also just some alternative ways to quote unquote market or sell without feeling like you're marketing or selling or hustling or like bro marketing is kind of one of the ones that I, why do they call it bro marketing? I, you know what, I should find some sort of reference or it was a TikTok video I found, I found, and she, she basically coined it. She was like, this is what I refer to as bro marketing. And like, maybe it's, it is because it's in the masculine. Like it's that just driven from like, go, 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 push, push, push. Um, I have something you don't have. And I'm the only one that can serve that need. And, um, maybe it's just kind of that, like, you know, I first Toxic heard it male energy <laughs> mentality. I first, I first heard it when I did my mentorship with Busy Gold and she did a whole thing on it. And it was like the leveraging, like where you have to leverage people. So you have to you, the, you need more and more people to keep your business floating, I think was kind of what it was. It almost seemed like it was sort of a multi-level marketing approach to everything. But I'm going to have to look it up because I do, I, I hear bro marketing all the time, but yeah, it's just kind of like that slick Rick marketing. <laughs> totally. It's got that, like that used cars salesman vibe to it. Yeah. Inauthentic. You yeah. can just, for you, whether it is for them or not, it just comes across to me as like, yeah, this is a push. <laughs> Or, or it's like the manipulation too. Am I being manipulated into, because marketing is, if you research it, it's talking to people about their pain points and trying to get them to see their pain points and relate to you and connect to you through their pain points, which is not something I intentionally ever mean to do because I don't research. (laughs) (laughs) I think, um, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's all roads lead to Rome ultimately, like, and there's lots of different techniques and I don't want to be the person that's saying like, this is a bad one or this is a good one or whatever. I just know for me, I just need to be like two things. One for me to consume something. I need to not feel like I am being leveraged or manipulated or, Mm -hmm. um, scared into said product or service. 
and I to to put it out into the world it feels weird for me to yeah to do those things so um I think I have tried it once before and I even canceled the program because it felt so gross oh yeah I've I've done I've done the yeah. things never have they felt nice or good like yeah I've done the stuff and I think this goes back to I think we even mentioned this in a previous episode about like how we can watch something work for someone else so then we'll yes. emulate it going like wow that was so effective for them even might call them up with like good intentions and be like hey man I saw that this really worked for you tell me more about your approach and then we go to like implement it or put it in place. And for me, some of that, sometimes that's just been so, yeah, backwards feeling. Like, it's like, yes, it's, it's a great idea and, and it worked so well, but it does, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. If it's a, if it's not like, like, I don't know, have you ever seen someone in an outfit and they just look so cool, but then you go basically put on the exact same outfit and you look like a tool. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was actually the imagery that I was seeing as you were talking about it. I was like, it's like wearing an outfit too small. Like it just doesn't fit. It's not for me. It's never going to (laughs) work, but it looks great on that other person. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I have a much more relaxed approach to what I use, which, you know, uh, may, may not, may or may not work for you, but if you are in energetics, you might want to give some of these a try because Tanya and I have a few that we know we want to talk about. Yeah, this is going to be like our stylist show. So we're going to come out with our closets and we're going to show you a bunch of outfits and then you can go into your business and try those outfits on. Cause like, that's the other thing is going like, we also to know that something doesn't work. Sometimes you do have to fall on your face or try it out. And like, cause also there's, let me just push this clothing analogy to the absolute limit. Um, There's also time when you see something on a hanger and you go, no, not for me. And then you put it on and you're like, how did, I go from that to majestic goddess. Like I look amazing. (laughs) Yes. So I love that. So sometimes like we can, you know, we can, we can co-create with one another. It's, I think the biggest thing is just, just put, put it on, try it on. And do you feel like you, um, and with that, even little asterisk of, um, of, Hey, yeah, it might feel a little weird at first. Or like, you're not used to wearing a shirt, like that's so edgy or whatever, but it looks good on you. So just roll with it. So it's, it's kind of also facing that, um, line or boundary of like, am I uncomfortable because it's just working out of my norm or am I uncomfortable because this is not in alignment with who I am? And that's going to be just something I think we're always kind of like, you know, figuring out so yeah because there's feeling good and still a little bit to learn or there's out of alignment yeah totally and so if it's if it's a no it's a no just trust Mm. your trust your nose um yeah but do you have anything you want to jump on that like exciting for you to share so for me I've just like recently in the last couple months I think it is I've started bringing in a singing bowl the like the frequency of a singing bowl. So uh I was actually during the priestess path I think last gathering I used my singing bowl and I would uh 
do the same wall and uh, call in the sisters who were vibrating the same frequency as the program container, as the sisterhood as a whole. And um, every time before I went on and did a video about it or I posted about it um, or even just after, I would hit my singing bowl and then vibrate with it. Another thing that I do with my singing bowl is to test if I am in alignment with what I'm thinking or not. So um, for me, a big belief pattern that I work through is I have to hold it all together. I have to do everything for everybody and no one can do it as good as me. So I might as well just do it from start to finish and I never ask for help. So what I'm working on right now is... And Tanya's sitting back there going, you know what, Melanie, I do a lot for you. <laughs> In Tanya's relationship, I feel safe because she really does hold a safe container. <laughs> but for the most part, I feel like I always have to do everything. So I'll strike my singing bowl and work with I'm opening to receiving. I'm opening to receiving. The other day I did a really powerful one where I just, instead of stream of consciousness journaling, it was like, I think they call it bee speaking, just letting what needed to come out of me come out as the saying bowl was going and the vibration and the sound I've never made it sound like that before so I knew that there was healing taking place as I did that and then I got like five dms about the priestess path I got four signups in that day and it was like it was huge I just needed to break through that big block of it's okay to ask for support. It's okay to receive. And that was, uh, that was a huge shift for me. Definitely non-conventional, definitely something that we can't make sense out of or science out of, but it, the, what happened was it worked. I love that. And I, f I feel like that's so open to creative interpretation. Like, cause someone say you don't own a singing bowl. Like it's not to say you have to run out and grab yeah. one, but conceptually it's kind of like opening up your product service or whatever and opening it up, visualize, like, what does it look like? Does it have a color? Does it have a vibration? Does it have something? And mm. then just kind of like project that mindfully and then go, yes, well, the people that align with this color, this vibration, this visualization, this thing are going to find me or this service or this product yeah. or I, I think that's so so cool I'm I'm one, I'm totally one thing try that, that. You just made me think of, yeah. and the thing you just made me think of too is prior to doing the priestess path I had always been like uh consciously calling in collaborative people but never uh consciously not calling in someone but in some containers there are we want a certain type of a person to be. This is the people I want to be with in this container. These are the type of people I want to help. So do I want someone, if I'm new, that's going to come in and question me on everything and, and question me in front of everybody? And so not calling in those people, just calling in people who are open to blind trust and faith and, you know, having a, a strong level of trust within the container. That was something new to me that I'd read in Women's Rights women's mysteries is when you're doing a sister circle knowing who you're calling in and who you're keeping out and not to be like exclusive but to be exclusive sometimes there's you know there's not a place for that in in all things so that was kind of cool and a different take on it as well I call that uh I, I've done that in a different context so not in the way that you're saying it so now I think I I will definitely 
try that because I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. But um, I, uh, when I talk about protective magic or I talk about protective um, practices and spirituality, because it comes up a lot, that's for some reason, that's actually, I get questions about that a lot. And so what I try yeah. to tell people is like, I don't actually, I don't, protect my home exactly. Um, but I joke that I have an energetic bouncer. So Mm -hmm. I go like, you must be this tall to ride the ride kind of a thing. That's (laughs) the rules of my home. So if you have ill intent, you will not be permitted in my home. You're going to get bounced, but I wouldn't say it's like Fort Knox protected here. Like it's more like it, there's like a certain rules and regulations that must be adhered adhered to, and that's who can come into my house. So naturally, this would then protect the home, but it doesn't feel so like shut out because protection stuff can sometimes to me feel very solid and very like so. If so, how are you supposed to let like energetic flow kind of in and out? Mm-hmm. When you've got this like solid boundary sort of lined up sort of thing. So. Anyways, so I like I I like that too. So it's kind and of just going. These are my these are my energetic boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> so, and how can you open to the wisdom of the channel when you're in fear? So that's totally. like a big thing about protection too, right? Is am I protecting out of a, a fear base or am I protecting out of ritual? I like so if I'm ever protecting, it's more out of a ritual or, or whatever I'm doing. So when, when if I do do smoke clearing, it's because I like it. It makes me feel good. It's not because I if I don't do it, this is going to happen. Totally. That's never been my thought. Or like I do it a lot or see it as um, like dust, like the same way I dust my house. I don't yeah. dust my house because I'm terrified there's germs everywhere. I dust my house because it's maintenance and I love my yeah. home and I'm taking care of it. So I feel like anytime I sage my house or I do smoke clearing in my house, it's, it's like, cause I love my home and I'm, I'm like kind of clearing it and cleansing it just like I love my body. So I clear it and cleanse it. It's, it's hygiene, spiritual hygiene, <laughs> spiritual hygiene. Yeah, for sure. And you, if you, like you said, I have a, a spiritual or energetic bouncer. I like that. Cause if we believe that, and this is where it's like, why is protection such a hot topic? I don't understand it, but protection is huge right now. And it's like, if I believe, which I do, that energy exists with no time and no space, if I protect myself once, where does that motherfucking protection go then? <laughs> why do I got to keep doing it? <laughs> So it, it, all of it is hard to explain when people ask. So I always say, like, I don't, if you, if you are protecting from a fear base, you need to ask, is this really the avenue that I need to be in right now? Or is there something else that I need to be healing within myself? Cause I don't know if you should be playing in the channel. If there's a lot of fear there, totally. heal that, come back. It'll just be self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. It's kind of why, I don't know, I actually think you might not agree with me on this one, but it's my philosophy around Ouija boards is that so many people are scared of them. I'm, I'm, I'm like, actually terrified. It might even kind of prove my point. It's childhood it's Kind stuff. of going yeah. like, but technically it's just another tool. Like it's it just is. another thing. But if there's fear around it, probably you're going to notice some unsettling things occur when you work with one because you're already vibrating. Yeah. You're already there. Like you've decided that, that, that that's something to be feared. And so anyways, um, but I remember us having that conversation in your Facebook group. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And I never, it was actually on your thread. I'd never looked at it as just another divination tool. I never looked at it like that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it is just the same as a pendulum. Right. But because my mom had a fear around it, I, she passed that down to me and I have a fear around it. And I just, I don't know if I could really in this lifetime overcome that enough to use it as a pure channel to source where if it sounds like you don't have that same fear. No, I have like a, I, no, I have a, I have stuff. Cause to me, they're just stigmatized is all, mm-hmm. but logically speaking, a deck of cards is fine, but a piece of wood is not like, it's, the, it's yeah. more like the logic of it that I'm like, well, this yeah. doesn't make any sense. So to me, it's nonsensical. Now, am I, I'm not super called to use it. So I'm, I don't know whether I will or won't, but I'd probably, what I probably would do, like I wouldn't pursue a Ouija board of my own accord, but if like someone else had one and they were into it and I knew they had a good relationship and they had boundaries that, um, aligned with me working with like spirits and energy and that kind of thing, I'd probably be like, sure, let's, let's try it. Um, but I probably wouldn't do it by myself if that makes any sense. Do you know anyone with a good relationship with an Ouija board? I don't, not personally, but I've seen, <laughs> like, but I've seen some like really like I'm on whatever vein of TikTok, right? And yeah. I've seen some yeah. stunning Ouija boards. Like they're like okay. beautiful and they're like wood and resin with like actual dried flowers woven in like they're stunning. Wow. They're beautiful. It's it's just not, it's not your, you know, 1990 horror flick Ouija board, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a different, it's a different beast. Someone needs to do a documentary changing the image of the Ouija board. <laughs> Maybe I should find someone and we do a podcast yeah. and we do a Ouija board we should. or something. We should. I actually might know a lady, but I'll double check, but I might know a lady who has a good relationship with it. Yeah, that would be, um, that I, I would be it's interested fine. to know more for sure. And just unwind. And then we'll all be haunted after. <laughs> De- <laughs> destigmatize the Ouija board. Um, well, something that I've noticed that I've found really interesting and successful for, um, marketing, I guess, or marketing techniques, or it's more for actually the creation of social media content, which for me can sometimes get a little dry. Um, and I can't say that I'm putting a lot of my energy into this, um, over the past little while. Like, so when I say I, I, I have done this, just don't my exact page right now as an actual source. Cause I'm, I'm kind of checking out on social media lately. So, um, but that said, I am trusting some pieces, which maybe I'll, I'll circle back to that because I am, I actually might be leaving social media, not permanently, but just, I might be taking a hiatus, not relying on it as like a, like a form of, um, sharing with people as much. And so, um, that's okay. Like actually we can even use that. So the reason is, is I'm finding that, um, like I will like fully admit that I am a person who identifies as someone who has a phone addiction, AKA I'm noticing how my phone is showing up in my life and it is creating unhealthy habits, unhealthy patterns. And it is like, um, I can't remember what the exact definition of addiction is, but it's basically taking part in something that, you know, is, um, like, taking away from your life in some way. So I do feel like my phone is that thing. And so I know that a huge part of that is social media. 
But the thing that I've always believed or lived with or lived into is that, but how am I supposed to operate my business without social media? We have created this like animal around social media. The that's where my audience is. That's where people see me. This is, I don't know how to do this without social media. So instead I have um, been trying to do other things to mitigate my unhealthy relationship with my phone, like putting like timers on things and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's just, I'm just finding it's not enough. It's not working enough where I feel like I, I, I still feel like I have a a challenging relationship with my phone. Mm -hmm. So, um, one of the things that I kind of decided to lean into was like, trust basically. It's like, well, A, you've never tried to run your business without social media. Yeah. <laughs> and and B, do you do you have the balls to try? <laughs> like, so you're like, it's kind of going like, okay, I think I'm making a decision um, that is healthier for me. Uh, to leave social media and do things a different way that feels healthier to me. And so right now this is basically you're, you're catching me mid experiment on this, but that's what I decided to do. And and I got the, I just wasn't a prolific download. I just wasn't that smart, but I, I've never had a mailing list. I was like, Oh, I could have a mailing list and then I can still have an audience. I still have people. <laughs> I don't yeah. just disappear into the abyss. I can still tell people what's going on. Um, but I don't have to be using social media. So right now I'm just working on building up my mailing list. I'm changing my website. I'm doing some things and then I'll be signing off social media. And then my plan is to just occasionally just pop in for the odd like live. Cause I do love to do the Instagram lives, especially tarot reading live is so fun. And, um, I'll, I'll still use it periodically, but it will be very much like, <laughs> like not on my phone. Like it'll be like, I'll, I'll download it for the live alone and then (laughs) delete it again. And yeah. And that kind of thing. And so, um, for me, this was like a little bit of, um, leaning into my human design type, which is a generator and really operating under like the, what brings you joy, what lights you up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I think I could live better into my joy by not having this social media vacuum on my phone. So I'm trying to like, so that anyways, this is my experiment. Stay tuned. I'll let you know how it goes. My part, uh, I think what I hear is my partner listens to this guy. He's a former prisoner, Wes Watson, and he speaks a lot of, he speaks to the like males, like my partner who, uh, more on the dominant aggressive side. And he talks about conscience, conscience congruity. So when you have those inklings, when you have those callings, this isn't right. This needs to be changed. This needs to be fixed. Is that if you follow those, that's actually where the magic is. So I can't wait to see what comes from this. I think it's going to be glorious. I'm interested. Like, I'm like, there's something. Yeah. (laughs) There's something here. And worst case, I just have a break from social media and that's not a best. And you grow your mailing list. (laughs) Exactly. And and when that happened with uh, that, remember when that happened in the fall, the the Instagram and Facebook went down for a whole day and everyone was like, oh my God. I was like, I had the download that this is the sign that you need to grow your mailing list. This is a sign that you need to have a different way to connect to the people that you want to connect with, which is when I created my uh, embodied femme talks and you had to be a subscriber in order to be invited to the live. And that was kind of uh, where that spawned from was the down, the outage. Oh my God, there's going to be another way I can do lives. We'll have to talk about that. (laughs) 
I'm excited. Yeah. Well, because you can do it. Um, I just have all my subscribers. The only, like, so you have to be a subscriber to my website. And then uh, a week or, like, a few days before and the night before, I send the Zoom link to only them. And then oh. they can join live. It can be interactive. So far, we've only done two or three. And people haven't really interacted yet. But I do know what's coming. And I think it's going to be really great. And then I just, like, feed it off into uh, my other Embodied Femme channel. Cool. Okay. Like, I love that. Okay. Yeah. Easy. That's like that that for later. The big Um, word for this year is easy. What is easy? What do we, what can we do? That's easy. I want to, um, still share this, this idea that I kind of digressed from, which Mm -hmm. is, um, creating content. So this can work for mailing lists. This can work for (laughs) social media. This can work for however you are sharing your business. This is like very, very adaptable, but it's funny because we run these like intuitive businesses, but then don't run them intuitively all the time. And I, I'm speaking from myself. Oh, you're you're talking about me too. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, is intuit your audience. And into it, like, well, if if you, like if you're stuck, if you're like, oh, I need to make a post today, or I'd like to make a post today, or I don't know what to post about, sit down and into like what? Okay, I have an audience member. They're engaged with my content. They like me. They're interested in my services, and maybe they even want to book with me. What do they need to see from me in order to book? Mm -hmm. Maybe they need a picture of your room and they would just want to see where your services are done. And you tell like, you talk a little bit about your room or something. Maybe Mm -hmm. they need to know your backstory and what got you interested in what you're doing. Maybe they need to, um, they want you to share a little bit about yourself personally and your experiences in your journey or whatever. Or, um, my other favorite thing is to, um, intuit your audience and basically build them into like a, an individual person. So it's like, if your audience was one human being, what would they look like? What interests do they have? What, um, what kind of like lifestyle are they living? What's their budget generally, you know, like what's their annual income? Um, and it's just kind of like, have you ever had the response from source? Like I've asked this, I have really struggled with this when I first started to try to market non-intuitively. I was like, what is my avatar? I didn't even know what that was prior to this one course I took. And then I had the response that it's you, it's me. Like, you know, what I would want is what they would want. And I'm drawing in everyone who is similar to me. So the more I grow, the more my audience grows, which I do see that I do see it shift and change. And so it can be really complicated and research-based, or it can be like a good self-study. Totally. I think that's, I think that's super relevant. And the only thing I was going to say to like finish that off was to have a conversation with that person. So if your person is you, you could sit down and have a conversation with you and go like, what do you, what do you want? Like, what do you like? What are you into? What do you want to see? Um, and then obviously whatever's like this conversation should resonate with you. Otherwise you might be not really in alignment with your audience kind of a thing. Cause yeah. I agree that you and your audience should be very much in alignment. Cause I, um, I did it once and I, I was really close, if not the same, probably like now you say it that way, there was some room for sh- like shifting off, but it was just minute details. Right. And it was still, yeah, yeah actually that's like such a cool thing 
I'm sorry, because I'm going back to my person that I built. So I'm just yeah. Like, oh, so yeah, you actually yeah. she's, she's that, basically me. <laughs> yeah. So you sat down with a physical person and asked them. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I mean, I just... made I made the person. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. But I was just yeah. rewinding back into the yeah. person that I made. Turns and out it's like, like... <laughs> it, yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, now that you say it like that, <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Cool. Really like, hey, yeah, but really who, know, who knows who knows us better, right? So if we want to speak to someone and understand them on a level that we could only ourselves, it's our, understand ourselves. It's ourselves. Totally, that's I love that. I also wonder too, and maybe that's even how how and why we talk the way we do in our podcast is because really, if we'd have given this podcast to ourselves like six months ago, a year ago, like. Uh, two, five years ago, how helpful it would have been ah. to hear me <laughs> five yeah, years ago me say some of the shit that I say now. It's like, oh, that would have really helped me out. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for showing up. Yeah. <laughs> me a lot of headaches. <laughs> yeah. But wow. I always in divine timing, right? I do think that everything that we learn, cause I, I probably wrote like four or five different, what feels like essays on who this person is. And the whole time it just, felt gross to me. I'm like, I don't like, I'm making up this person when I know I'm talking to me and most, and everyone who is like, becomes a client usually reaches out and says, you, I, I see so much of myself in you, or I do that too. They're always connecting on like a very, um, personal note and then become a client. Totally. Which I love. Cause then I actually like them. <laughs> Or you really dislike them. No, okay. I like everyone I work with. I really do. There's not one person I don't. So I can say that with ease. I'm mostly just kidding, but I I definitely have had, I know I like all my students, but I, there's always going to be, okay. When I used to do yoga trainings, I think it was more prevalent that you'd get, you'd always have a student that really pushed, like it was like Mm -hmm. a toddler situation. Like they're just like pushing you to see (laughs) what you're going to (laughs) do. And I think that those are also people who are mirrors too. Like they're, they're just other versions of you. (laughs) There are injured parts of ourselves speaking out loud, quiet. Yeah. Trying to press the buttons, be like, does this one trigger you? (laughs) Does Yeah. Oh man. The only thing I have had is someone who's like, and not even a student or a client per like actually never, ever did become anyone who spent any time with me, but took up a lot of my time in emails and I disliked it. (laughs) I didn't know how to stop it. I, um, I, okay. So it's interesting you mentioned that because I was talking to a friend about that because both of us will have sessions and then usually end them with like, if you have any questions, just like follow up. And, um, I I can't remember how the conversation started. If she started, if I did, but she said, she's like, yeah, I just to prevent any, like someone like overstepping or taking too much time up. She's like, I usually say the channel's open for this amount of time. If you have any questions within that time, I can answer it. And I was like, Oh, that's a really cool way to do that. And I kind of sat with it to be like, Oh, I wonder if that's something I might want to do too, is like put that into emails or follow-ups or just a statement. And I was like, No, I'm pretty good at at like, if someone, if I feel like they're asking too many questions or if the follow-ups are getting like excessive, because I don't actually mind follow-up questions. Yeah. um, But if they're getting 
excessive or lengthy, um, it, usually I just bounce back with book like, you know what? Question. Yeah. Do you want, do you want, if you'd like to talk some more, let's book in more time. Yeah. Um, kind of a thing. Um, or I'll even say, Hey, that's a question. And I'd actually have to sit down and like, either maybe it's like open up more cards or I'd have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so my questions are usually like, you can ask any question about anything that's already been discussed. If it's like new topic, then ah. it's a new reading. So very good boundary. That's a good one. Well, that's okay. That's what it felt like when, when mm-hmm. I was like, kind of self-assessing that situation. I was like, no, I think I've got, I, I trust myself to create these boundaries around yeah. this. But that said, um, sometimes it's hard for like those of us that are practicing or learning boundaries. Like I'm, I would say I'm like level intermediate, intermediate on my boundary setting. Like, I think I'm pretty good at setting boundaries for the most part. Um, but if you are not, then you're welcome to bolster yourself with something like that. Like an email that states, Hey, you can ask me questions for this period of time, or your, you can ask me two questions. Like you can set your boundaries ahead of time and set that expectation ahead of time. And then all you have to do is fall back on the boundary. If someone's pushing it, you say, Hey, um, just notice that this is, getting into more questions. Did you want to book another session? And then it's not even like a, like a stop, you know, infringing my boundaries. It's just yeah. kind of getting someone to Hold. recognize that, <laughs> yeah, they're, that they're, they're like, cause there's a lot of people too, that they kind of push and they don't even know or mean to like, exactly. Yeah. so setting a boundary isn't always like about Ah, get away. Sometimes yeah. it's like, here's the fence line. I noticed you're like, you know, you're really pushing into this. Car. I'm just going to knock yeah. a few, knock a few pegs in here and put some fencing in that. Now you, now, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. All my clients are very respectful. I don't question it. It's been people and this like one in particular was a uh, student who had booked for, uh, like an event and never even came canceled on the event and then kept telling me why they were canceling. And I was like, Oh, that sucks. (laughs) Like we don't even know each other. And I, like I was a, this was probably a good five, six years ago now. And so my, my boundaries, my fence was like a snow fence at the end of the year that, you know, as I get trampled and everyone has crossed it and pushed it down, that's what my boundary looked like. So going back to that era, I was like, I just remember feeling so awkward after like the fourth or fifth exchange back. I was like, how do I end this? Like, how do you get out of these situations that, you know, you don't even intend to be in? (laughs) It was, that was like one of the blurriest times of my, like anything that's ever happened to me. That was one of the blurriest times. And I was like, how did you get six emails deep on this? (laughs) I wonder if we should even mark this down for an episode like yeah that would actually like be different really boundary techniques episode. for clients because I was also actually thinking like as as you were talking about um setting business boundaries with friendships or personal relationships or family relationships like if because yeah. you know like um if you're at a party and someone's like oh re- give me a reading or whatever no I don't do that but if you know, you're, you, someone's there in a plumber. You're not going to be like, Ooh, fix my toilet. Like, you're just yeah. like, no, I'm on my off time. Like it's not, what yeah. I do. but, um, anyways, we'll, maybe we'll do that's a really good one. Kate, episode. Let's, yeah. We'll save that one. Um, I also want to share just another quick thing on, on marketing, um, because it comes up a lot in conversations is that people feel like they're being annoying or like they, it feels icky and like they're selling their stuff. And so, um, another approach, they are. Cause you are, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And you're supposed um, to be, but 
a mindset shift that's really been impactful for me is, is educate. Like all you're doing is sharing and educating. So if you're feeling like you're selling really sales pitchy, then try to change it to, well, it's information, it's data, it's educational. So educate them on your program instead of selling your program and why it's so amazing. Just inform them about various things that are going to happen in the program or service or whatever. Um, it's yeah. Offer information, education, and, uh, do, do so repetitively because, um, because our feeds change so much, like the way the algorithm works, like people aren't, some people are going to see, yes. And if someone sees the same thing three times, they're not going to be sad. <laughs> like just, no. And, and for a lot of the, like the repetitive ones, it's probably, it takes me a few times. And then I'd be like, the first time I see it, I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. I'd really like to do that. And then the second time I see it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to open my calendar. And then I get distracted. And I know we talked about this and then like the third or the fourth, but the way that I look at it is like, you are selling, of course. So you, you've got to move past that is like, yes, you are a human being and you need to make money in order to survive and have a certain amount of freedom and liberation to, to do what you want to do. So this is in pursuit of that. Another thing that you're doing is you're putting your hand up and saying, Hey guys, I'm still here. Like I'm, I'm over here. If you, if you resonate with me at all, if what I'm teaching you at all is speaking to you, I'm still here. The, how many, uh, like the, the longevity in this industry is short. <laughs> so there people come in and they go out just as fast because if you aren't constantly reminding people that you're still doing this, there's someone new with something, uh, some other new exciting offering. And they forget that you even exist. If you don't continually say, I'm still here, I'm still serving, I'm still offering. And here I am. Here's how you can reach me. Like Tanya said, maybe they need to know how to get to your website. Maybe they want to know where you do your work from. Um, I don't think that, you know, anytime you start to feel like, oh, I'm being annoying, that those are your own personal judgments against self. Those are projected out onto other people. And if you are being annoying to them, who cares really? Like you're just, you're, uh, you're rubbing up against a belief system about themselves, about being seen. So you're actually doing them a favor in the, in the long run is how I look at it. Yes, exactly. It always feels weird doing it for yourself. And another thing, sorry to cut you off, Tanya. I just had another download. Um, is that if you are doing the work that me, that like me and Tanya do in the spiritual side of things is you actually aren't doing it for you. You're doing it as service to source. So you're, you're not even trying to advertise you or sell you. You're selling, uh, or offering this gift, this unique offering that only, you know, how to translate. And, and it's source, you're, you've got sources back. Let's personally just put it in bro terms. <laughs> and honestly, I would actually take that and translate it to any kind of business. Yeah. Truthfully, like you could be a financial advisor and as long as like that's yeah. something you're passionate about and you love and you enjoy, then you want to make people rich. That, that, yeah. Then that's, yep. you're going to be of service and that's something to like a gift for people that's yeah. an offering for people. And if, if people don't accept that or understand that to be a gift, then yeah, that's the, great. That's a misalignment. And every no 
we should really be like, I know it sucks and it's hard to hear and stuff and we internalize it and all that stuff. But if we can unwind it, every no that we receive is, is kind of a gift. Like it's kind of like mm-hmm. a no. Oh, okay. Thank you for thanks. Cause I'm just one step closer to the people who are yeses or the people who are in alignment with me. Cause your no is just telling me that we're not in alignment. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Let's move on. Cause it's, it's, it, it just like chisels out your path. Like much yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they saved you the work. Like that could yeah. have been the person that Mel was talking to about or talking about earlier when she's like, and then you're going to energetically bump out the people you, yeah. don't, you don't want there. So when someone says no to you that you can take that as like a good sign that your energetic bouncers doing their job and, mm-hmm. and, and you're like really in alignment with, with you and yourself. A lot of the times, like, uh, if I was just thinking about when we were talking, where those judgments come from, and I only really start to worry about what I'm putting out and if I'm being annoying is if I'm looking at other people's stuff and I'm having that judgment about them. And then I have to say, okay, so what's annoying about this? Oh, right. That they're showing up and you're not. So like also looking, also looking at what this, uh, what kind of, symbolism it may be for you or what your judgment might mean for you is like always grading against a belief system. If I'm annoyed that someone's constantly in my face, well, am I hiding? Am I hiding aspects of myself from people? That's a good question to ask if that's what you're going through. Okay. And then I would also like, just, I want to add like another, another layer on that, which is like, Okay. See, so uh, when you notice you're judging, then you're like, "Oh, I might get judged." Okay, and yeah, <laughs> like, like so, what happens? Like, I know so much of so so many of us hold things back for fear of judgment. Yeah, but what happens when we're judged? Like nothing, right? Like literal okay. nothing. Literal nothing. Like, literal nothing. No one even says it to your face. You make it up in your mind. That's a really good point. But even if they did say it to your face, I've never had anyone say it to my face. Have you? I was gonna say I'm like I at the rare, the rare, rare, rare instance that yeah. I have had like little, just little comments, but nothing really because no one's that brave. Right? No, no, <laughs> no one, one would ever. No one really likes to start conflict, but you'll get you know yes, okay, so a covert co- comment comes in this way or, or it's just whatever. But again, it just still goes back to, but what? what happens and it's nothing absolutely nothing happens from judgment other than being judged and you know you you maybe feel butthurt about it It was you were butthurt you accept it or you don't yeah you are strong enough to get past a butthurt of being judged I believe in you (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's always a reflection right judgment is always two-sided there's one side for them and one side for you or vice versa yeah. Absolutely. Judgment, judgment never comes, um, single-sided. Well, and then I'd, I'd also like to like flip this on its head to, as far as just, uh, is if you are judged, cause the other thing is we associate judgment or if you're being judgmental, if you identify as being judgmental, um, we get this like judgment, the word judgment gets this like really negative connotation with it, right? That, Oh, I'm being judgmental. I need to not be so judgmental, blah, blah, blah. You're also the, the, you know, highest expression of judgment is discernment. Mm -hmm. 
So it's okay to be discerning. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay that you see someone and you don't like what they're doing. It doesn't work for you. That's, that's okay. What you're doing is discerning that that's not in alignment with you and your values. And it's okay to click the beautiful mute button that's on Instagram. (laughs) Like it's okay to do that. Um, and I think when we do it mindfully and with like an open, um, like open self-reflection of going like, Hey, I'm triggered by this. Like even like lately, this has been my um, approach is going, Hey, I notice I'm triggered. And I know that I need to own that and take ownership of that. But right now I need my, you know, social media space to be a place that feels fun and feels supportive and feels good. So I don't need those triggers right now. And maybe like, you know, like I could even call it out to source to be like, Hey source, can you show me those triggers in another environment? Because this is a place I'm trying to keep safe and positive and supportive because maybe I'm new and I'm just putting out my business and I can't have those triggers coming at me right now because it's going to prevent me from doing something. So anyways, um, just, just to go like, again, if someone's judging you again, they probably aren't slash it's in your head slash. You're not going to hear anything about it. Just again, it's just a call to that misalignment thing. And just, there's there's really no need to take that personally. And we can just kind of okay, they, they're judging me for this and that's okay. And I can still do it. (laughs) And like, there's another side, a flip side to that too, is I have muted people who I I think they're just killing it and they're doing such a great job at it that make me feel like I need to do it like them. I'll mute those people. Absolutely. Out of like, out of being like, okay, they're doing it so well. They make me want to be more like them and and less like me. Mm -hmm. And so then I'll hit mute for sure. Totally. And that's, I've done the same thing and I've unmuted people. Like I've gone back and been like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I've sorted this part out of myself. Now I'm good. I'm going to unmute that person. Cause I want to support them. And I think they're awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's not always from like a distaste. It could actually be from yeah. like an envy seat. Right. Absolutely. And, and like, even like you said, it's, it's just the identification of going like, Oh, your influence right now is bending me yeah. in a way that I know isn't real for me. So I need to just solidify that in myself and then I can come back and support you again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're using the mute button or being muted. If you know that you've been muted by, by someone, it's just like, you know, you don't know why they did it. Take so it just, as a compliment. Yeah, exactly. Do we want to leave it off on that or do you have anything? Um, I just wanted to share one last thing is a very powerful tool that I use. If you feel stuck in business or stuck in life, not really sure where to go is I always, always lean into prayer and praying right before bed. It's put there. I think, you know, since the dawn of time before we even understood how, um, soft and receptive the brain is right before bed, that prayer put into the brain right before bed lands directly into the subconscious and then you fall asleep and your subconscious works on it all night long. So if you are stuck, if you, if you need an answer to a question or you're lost, just asking source before you go to bed and you know, you may have to do it for multiple nights on end or just one, but I can tell you, uh, in my own experience, I've never been left hanging. There's always been an answer that's come. So prayer is the, is the last thing that I'd like to share. I love that. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Spiritual Boss Podcast. We appreciate you listening. Um, we appreciate your input. So please feel welcome to get in touch with us, spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com, or you can message us on Instagram at the Spiritual Boss Podcast. And then we're accessible through our individual accounts as well, of course. Um, if you want to help us out, uh, click subscribe, share the podcast, um, share it by word of mouth, share it on social media, <laughs> however you want to go about it. We appreciate all of it. Thank you so much. Peace in, peace out.